listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. And do you feel it? Do you feel different? Does everything feel different? Is everything different? That's the question. And 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 John Wright is here with me to discuss the question. Hey Bart. Hey John. So, do you feel different? No, absolutely. Yeah, I do. No, I've I've been discussing this for what we're recording this on Thursday, so I've been discussing it for a full day now, and um, and it seems like a lot of people are in my world at least are 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 feeling different, including, funny enough, people who voted for the last president, uh, who have told me that they think that the that the the current one is their president and that they're feeling optimistic about America, <laughs> and I. Feel I feel like that's probably a minority opinion on their side, but I felt good about it. And so, yeah, I do. What about yourself? I, I, you know, I had to work. I, I mean, I was, I was talking to people all day yesterday, but there were a number of breakpoints, And so I managed to, to turn to the, I, I managed to watch the actual, um, <laughs> I guess I watched from, um, let's see, I saw JLo sing, and, and and I saw I saw I saw the end of Gaga, and then I saw you know the, the oaths of office, and then I saw that wonderful young woman um, read the poem, Amanda Gorman. Amanda Gorman, and who um, who I I um, funny enough two weeks before the inauguration, Bart, I edited Amanda Gorman. She had to send some stuff from her iPhone to uh, for a project I was working on. Uh, she was part of a conference that I edited all the material for. So I have a little uh, tenuous a little, connection, little connection to Amanda. There? Yeah, a little tenuous connection to Amanda Gorman. You've got her cell phone number. I have her email address. All right, like we we need to get her. We need to get her for the show. We we might need to wait until her inbox stops blowing up, which may take all year. Oh man, if ever if ever a person just deserved to a, a moment of sensation, yeah, um, she was. She was glorious in the way that she she read that poem. The interesting thing was the next today, the next morning, I got up and looked up the poem and read it. And without her voice, without all that pomp, with all that little circumstance, and it made me cry. Mm. Literally made me cry. Um, no, and, it's an amazing poem. And and so yeah, that that so I, I saw all that stuff. And uh, and then I saw Biden's speech, in which he mentioned not one thing about policy, <laughs> and and I thought he captured the moment incredibly well. I don't know if it'll be a speech long remembered, um, you know, because he's kind of got a folksy way of talking, and and I don't know that there were a whole lot of incredible lines in it, but. There was this larger sense in which I felt like he was in a fatherly way speaking to the country and saying, come on, you guys, we can do better. We can do this together. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was moved. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, the, in American political discourse, especially on the media, there is a sort of tendency to think of the two sides a lot. In the sense of like, even even the two candidates 
in the election, Trump and Biden. And I've never really seen Biden as being super, super, I mean, you know, he's a centrist. So to me, you know, there, there should be a lot to grab a hold of for a wide range of people there, even if you, even if they didn't vote for him. And I feel like it's a moment that, you know, I, I, there's a lot of conversation. Maybe we can get into this part because there's a lot of conversation online about how unifying you can be without kind of reckoning with the immediate past. And that reminds me very much of like, you know, Northern Ireland and, and how in, in, in the peace process to move on, you know, there had to be some reckoning, you know, some, some people, some, some things had to be discussed. Yeah. Same in South Africa after. Yeah. Yeah. South, South Africa too. Yeah. And, And any, any sort of really tense situation like that. So I can't imagine that by, you know, I can't imagine that it's wrong for people to, like I've seen people criticized for sort of still having anger, lingering anger about the last administration. Yeah. I, I think it was interesting just before I, I, I reached you today, I saw that um, Mitch McConnell had asked the Democrats if they could postpone the Trump impeachment trial until February. Mm. And I thought, boy, I hope they can. I, I, I just I just need a break. I think we all need a break and we need to give and Biden needs to not be distracted and and the country needs to not be distracted. We need to talk about yeah. how how we're going to put things right and I I was so you know like yeah what's your pandemic plan Biden, you know? Right. Like roll that out, you know. Yeah. And and what are you going to do, you know, okay, so we're back in the Paris Peace Accord or Paris Climate Accord. What does that mean? Um Back in the just, World Health Organization, what does that I, mean? Yeah, I just want to. I just want to focus on our country, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I really, I you know, I I, I find myself um, wanting to wanting to delay justice, um, but not wanting to not wanting to overlook it because I really fear that if we don't hold account, um, then it, it it leaves the door open for somebody else to come in and and ignore all the norms and and break all the rules again. You know, we can go like, oh, well, that was an aberration. You know, we'll all go back to to doing things, but like, actually, some rules need to change. Mm. And 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 you know, there are some things that there are some things that really do need to change. You know, yeah. I was thinking about just even such basic things as you know, it was always a norm that candidates for the presidency would release their tax returns. Well, that needs to be a law now. You know, yeah, we and didn't so, know it needed to be a law, but it but no, it does. No. And and so I, I really do think that um that the there's probably a level of corruption that that needs to be held to account. But I'm not I'm I'm not, you know, I hope they keep it simple. A couple accounts. You know, mm-hmm. I want them to hold them accountable on a few things symbolically, um, but I, 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 boy, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time rehashing the last four years. They, they've just been exhausting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. So, so delaying it a little bit to get the to get the administration started, give them a chance. Yeah, and that, yeah. Um, it was fun. As, it was fun. It was funny though. Yeah. 
uh, I, I just I, I have these lines in my head. When I read Amanda Gorman's poem this morning, there were there was this one line that I read over, and I thought, like, do I believe that? Is that true? And uh, the lines were this: She said, "Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true: that even as we grieved, we grew; that even as we hurt, we hoped; that even as we tired, we tried; that we'll forever be tied together." Victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. And I thought to myself, you know, it was a very, it was a very thinly veiled critique of the last four years, mm-hmm. and 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 a kind of a, and it was a prayer. I mean, that was my, my experience with the whole thing. I felt like I was the the whole inauguration and then the evening, the music stuff, the John Legend and, and Demi Lovato and, and, and the songs they sang. I felt like the whole thing was like a religious service, um, to our civil religion of democracy. And, and I felt like this was a prayer. Let, you know, please let this be true. Please let this be true. That we will never again actively sow division. Like go like, hey, this will work for if I can divide people, this will this will be good for my brand or this will be good for my party. Um, the idea of being like, look, we'll get defeated by things, we'll get hurt, we'll have problems, but like we won't ever do it on purpose. Um, and so yeah, yeah, and the cynic who says well, that will never happen or right. that you know th- these are thing these are things to aspire to. I think it's really important to to say out loud like you do you know this these are these are important aspirations and and yeah to to vocalize i mean that was the thing is that you know people say you know when i talk about secular prayer i'm that's what i'm talking about saying like let this be true let's let let wouldn't it be great if this happened i hope i hope for this and you say oh well come on that's not really gonna happen and you go like, it, it's more likely to happen if I say that that's what I want out loud, and if I if I articulate my my fondest hope. And I I, I saw her doing that. I saw a lot of I saw I saw a lot of people doing that yesterday. Is singing and 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 reciting and speaking their hopes, and that was just so refreshing to me. Um, and I and so yeah, I I, I was I. I I was pretty, I was, you know, I didn't expect to be inspired, but I was really inspired. Did you feel any other emotions? Yeah, I I did. Um, I remember reading years ago, um, a book by, I think his name was Gary Wills. And it was, it was called Lincoln at Gettysburg. And it was, it was a, a book about the Gettysburg Address, about how the context in which Lincoln wrote it, the context in which he spoke it, which by the way, he wasn't the main speaker on the program that day. <laughs> and the guy before him went an hour and 20 minutes. He was a great orator. That was, it was an era in which long oration was entertainment. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was Ingersoll's era. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ingersoll was that same kind of bountiful speaker. Um, and one of the things that 
that Lincoln said at the beginning of the Gettysburg Address is, you know, the world will not long remember, <laughs> will little note learn long remember the things we say here today, which is so ironic and funny. <laughs> um, but one of the things that, that it, what it, what the idea was is, is that it was a little bit like that Amanda Gorman line is that it took something horrible and Link, Lincoln went out of his way to make the war, like the answering of a question that needed to be answered about this country and not to be it like the evil people tried to wreck the country and the good people, and we, the good people defeated them. When, he, when they consecrated the ground at, at Gettysburg, they, they buried people on both sides. And he was like, yeah, this was a, this was an internal struggle. Right. And this was us. This was us. And, 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 and we, our, our democracy triumphed over our division rather than we good Northerners triumphed over those bad Southerners. And, and I felt like that's what she was doing in those lines as she was saying, we grieved, we grew, we hurt, we hoped, we tired, we tried, you know, like that, that we'll be together forever t be tied together. You know, that, that in a sense, what, what, what we went through, um, it isn't like those evil liar, you know, those evil liars and the, and us good truth tellers. It was, it was like, this was baked in, like this was going to happen. At some point, somebody was going to seize the, the, the reins and use things for, for in different ways. And, and we wouldn't be prepared for it. And like, you know, I, th I felt like Biden was trying to say like, we came through this. Now we can do something different. Yeah. And so I found myself admiring that, uh, admiring Biden in a Lincoln-esque way for deciding to frame this moment as in a collective way. Not just like, oh, we should be unified, but even like what we went through, we all did that. Like not they did that and we're fixing it. And now we can all be friends, both the bad guys and the good guys. It was like, we all were uncertain about what democracy was all about. And we all have pulled back from the brink and we are all going to try to do it differently together. And I think it's, I think that was my, my emotion was um, one of relief that at least for a moment, uh, we didn't frame this as the triumph of one side over the other, but rather the triumph of the dialogue over sowing division. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. I mean, uh, and I, so do you think it's a selfish part? I mean, so I, I think about like, um, you know, the way I reacted to seeing the, the, the insurrection on the, on January 6th at the Capitol or, Many of the other things that the that happened under the last administration that I disagreed with, uh, you know, I, I I viewed it as a very sort of anti-humanist uh, administration, honestly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if if I look at all that and I and I, and I to the extent to which I want to say those people 
did it right or those those are the it's it's people that i disagree with it's people that i think were were behind that and there's a part of me that absolutely wants to lay that blame and say like that is the accurate objectively true way of looking at it. i would not have done those things i did not vote that way i did not act that way i did not do those things but i think a very very grown up part of me like a very adult part of me on the inside thinks of it a little bit differently it th- thinks almost like what expression that that could be within me was being expressed there you know if you think about like humanity expressing itself or um, america expressing itself well i'm part of that in some broader sense i'm not sure if i'm making sense or if you well, get what i'm get, get i th- i think so but let I'm me ask at. you a question you yeah. know is do you feel in any way responsible for backing those people into a corner out of out of which they fought the way they fought like do you like like in some ways i think about some of the some of the political maneuvering that i that i not only tolerated but celebrated when obama was doing it mm-hmm. that was painting you know that was taking advantage of executive orders here or or you know congressional rules there filibustering this or that and basically saying like we're going to we're going to do things our way we're not going to like we we can't wait for y'all right and and how angry that must have made people and and the only way the way I know it how angry it must have made them is cuz that's how angry I was when they wouldn't when they wouldn't deal with Merrick Garland's right you know or when they jammed um when they jammed uh the 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 supreme court justices down my throat one after another and i felt like you're just using these rules and and so i think that i really do feel responsible for the toxic political environment even though i wasn't a part of its ultimate expression mm-hmm. it was it was the culmination of decades of in, uh, of of people using dirty tricks right. uh, you, you know and and using political well, and power I, and 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 saying well while well, well, we've got control of congress we'll stick in this law and 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 we'll fix it this way and you know you can say well they did more of it than we did or whatever but the point is is that somebody should have called stop a long time ago somebody should have said hey we need to we need to change this tenor a long time ago yeah yeah and i mean it's it it obviously gets extremely complex um policy wise yeah, but sure. but yeah but no i i hear what you're saying it is an interesting thought i think it's a useful exercise at the very least even if you still uh wind up on the other side of it thinking no i i i i'm actually not responsible for this like you know th- this was not me <laughs> which i don't think would be a necessarily a completely unreasonable conclusion as lo- as long as on some level you're taking responsibility for how to fix it at the very least because i you know i know liberals bart who think that Trump supporters are all completely just dumb idiot, you know, just just cretins. 
and or reprobates even worse, right? Deplorables. Deplorables. And uh, I understand why they think that, but I just don't agree. You know, I've I've always seen it more like uh, bad information. And well, and you know, I mean, I it's it's funny because I was thinking today about when I was a youth group leader, mm-hmm. and and when I was a young person in a youth group, and we would win a kid to Christ and bring him into the fold, and he would join join our youth group, you know. And uh, his parents, who might have been secular, or Catholic, or something other than what we were, or just like Unitarian, you know, I just <laughs> just weren't as excited about this. Like we're going to heaven and you're not. <laughs> um, I wonder why. And we would, at least, I would tolerate, and sometimes I think I probably participated in subtly trying to turn that kid against his parents. And say, yeah, they're a problem. Yeah. You know, we need to pray for them. You need to set a good example. You need to show them that with Christ, you're a different person. You know, like the idea of of actually teaching a child that like, if, if he had to choose, he needed to choose our youth group and its values over his family and their values. Mm-hmm. Even if their value was as simple as science. Was a even their value was like a skepticism, you know. I mean, th- some of these kids came from really nice families, and then sometimes they would finally go like, "I'm I'm sticking with my family, man. That's that, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going on this retreat. I'm I'm my I'm doing the family thing." And we'd be like, "Oh, you know, right, we, you know," and, and we would grieve. We would go like, "Oh, we lost one," <laughs> and I, I I look at that and I think to myself. I'm horrified that I was I was actively trying to convince a kid that you know he needed to do this because otherwise God would send somebody to hell or like you know like like or that he might not have a good marriage or his life would be in vain and futile if he didn't come, if he didn't stick with our youth group and I look at that and I'm like I was ignorant I was like I was I was trying to turn a kid against his family in favor of an iron age myth that makes no sense whatsoever. That's and and I don't just look back at it and go like, "Oh, you know, youthful indiscretion." I go like I was as crazy as any of your friends think any Trump supporter is. Mhm. I was willing to alienate a kid from his family in favor of nonsense flying people and parting seas and people rising from the dead after three days and eternal utopias and talking donkeys flaming damnation and that's where my head was at and i was like you know what you should choose this narrative over your loving family you know your dad the college professor and your mom the nurse who are trying to get you to see reason okay so like all I'm saying is, yeah, is that I hear you. Was I a cretin? Was I an idiot or was I incredibly misinformed? Right. I really victim th- of bad victim of bad ideas. Victim of bad and I really thought I was right and I really thought we were doing the right thing. 
Right. I was really wrong and I probably really hurt some families. And I told a lot of kids they should break up with their girlfriend or their boyfriend who might've been a great girlfriend or boyfriend and a great long-term partner for them because I didn't want them to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, so like those people at the Capitol, I watched them and like, did they look dumb? Yes, they look dumb. Did they look sincere? They look sincere as you could be. I didn't see yeah. an ounce of cynicism. I didn't see, now the people that sent them there, those people were probably very cynical. Like this will work for us. You know, Ted Cruz, he's a cynic. Oh, like, complete. He, does, complete. he doesn't believe any of it. He, he, he doesn't believe the election was stolen, but he believes it will work better for his power play if he, if he does. But the people, that, the people that were up there, they believed it, man. They were just misinformed. Yeah. They were lied to. So I'm trying to think, Bart, about you know the future of good conversations on this podcast, and there, there, you know, I, I, I sort of see two two problems. You know, you can kind of fall off a cliff both in both directions, and and the other way I think would be if you treat people as sort of needing deprogrammed, that can come across as very condescending, and. So th th there's probably better and worse conversations to be having with people right now who are kind of shaken off the the Trump thing this year, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, and yeah, the, and I don't know what those are yet. I don't. I, I don't know. know either. But I was thinking about some of our conversations with pe like um, former, uh, formerly in a cult. You know, we've had some people yeah, like that yeah. on as guests. Um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting stuff. I I do feel a great the biggest emotion for me was relief. Yeah. And I didn't know what I'd feel but I knew I knew that um yeah, I just feel I just feel relief because I feel like there will be a whether I agree with Biden all the time or not, there'll be a steady hand on the tiller. I think there'll be there'll be adults in charge, sensible people who who really do care in charge. I, mean, it's just, um, I don't I don't think there's going to be tweets coming out every every 20 minutes. You know, <laughs> right? And I think I, I, I just don't think I don't think almost any relationship can handle constant public declarations. Like if I wrote something about my wife every twenty minutes for everyone else to see, like where I'm trying to have a conversation, but I'm having it in public, I just don't think you can have public conversations without doing damage to the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's why, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, I, I watched that movie, The Social Dilemma, which only underscored my yeah. deep fear um, <laughs> right. and horror. Uh, but one of the things that I, I realized, like, when Facebook, when, when, when birthdays come up, and I, I, I don't have Facebook, I, but like, I, I, I've seen this happen, but I would see people writing to their spouse on their birthday and praising their spouse, saying, you know, I love you, honey. You're this, you're that, you're the other thing. And I thought, this is a performance. This is somebody like that spouse is in the next room. You could just walk in there and you say it to them or you could read it to them. Like you're doing this in front of me. And I, and I just found myself saying like, I don't trust the sincerity of any message that's being delivered in front of an, you know, like that, where there's a third party audience. Mm. And so 
I'm just, I, I think I, my relief is just, I, I just think that communication, like I think, I think that, that politics should not be done entirely in public. I mean, one of the things that I learned in negotiation studies was, is that the reason that you have secret negotiations is because in a negotiation, somebody might say, well, you know, I'd give you the, you know, I would sacrifice this land if you would give us that, you know, that concession on water. But the people who live on the land that you just said that, and, 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 and it ends up being like, that's not a good deal and you don't do it. But the people that you said you might be willing to to bargain their land away, they're pissed at you. You can't unsay that. So they're like, look, we'll tell you what the final agreement is, but we're not going to tell you the process by which we hashed it out because maybe we said things that, you know, we don't want to live with. Mm -hmm. I just don't think you can. And, 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 I, and, and what I found out was that that was healthy, that people, that, 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 that there's a reason why they don't want you to see how the sausage gets made. And it's not all about evil secrets. Some of it's about preserving relationships. Yeah, yeah. And so in any case, I, yeah, I'm relieved too. And, and I, I think I'm not being, I don't think we're saying anything. You know, what's interesting is, of course, John, we started this podcast and mm -hmm. you, you said to me right before we started, you said like, there's nothing to say that hasn't already been said. <laughs> right. We're just joining the chorus of going like, I'm relieved. Yeah. I feel better. I'm hopeful. Yeah. A question that came up on our Facebook group um, for people who have, who, you know, used to be Christians maybe, or now unbelievers, uh, watching the inauguration, uh, yesterday, someone writes, I was taken by how much God there was in oh, the ceremony. Me too. Me too. Moreover, it was God as understood from a Christian perspective. For those of you, uh, for those of us who are atheist, agnostic, or practice a faith other than Christianity, what are your impressions sitting through it? And I, I mean, of course, I noticed it all. I just, maybe I've become too used to it in stuff like this. But yeah, I mean, it definitely breaks the whole ch ch church-state separation, doesn't it? And, um, but it, it's interesting. I mean, I've, first of all, I've never seen a Bible that big. Like, that's, <laughs> Biden's Bible is the biggest Bible I have literally ever seen. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, Biden may be the most sincerely faithful president that we've had since Jimmy Carter. I think that's true. He seems to be. I I, I heard He's a yesterday true that he believer. He carries rosary beads everywhere with him, yeah. always. Now the weird thing is, I've heard him talk about his faith, and in some ways it seems more like, um, more like the rosary beads, sort of like rituals and like, like he's comfortable. Like superstition? Yeah. Or in the church, like he likes the rhythms and the routines and, and, and the reminders, um, that it's a, it's a value system as much as it is anything else. Um, yeah. I don't get the impression that it's going to drive policy in the way that, you know, like I did with George W. Bush. Right. Or, um, right. no, uh, I don't think so. But, but I, I did find myself disappointed by that. And I just thought, you know, people talk about the sacredness of the Capitol. And I thought it really should be a kind of a secular sacredness. Like this is set apart for the public square. This doesn't right. belong to anybody. Yeah. Um, it belongs to all of us together. And that's yeah, the one area that, that um, progressivism hasn't really touched much. No. And I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was all over the place. And, and it was very, it was very, um, 
I, I don't know, like it, 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 I don't want to say it wounded me. Um, and again, because half the people that are doing it, I don't think like, you know, Bernie Sanders is there, you know, listening. Like I, like, I don't feel like it is the overarching driving force behind all these people's lives. No. Um, but, but I do feel like our, obviously our words and our rituals are impactful. And I, I, I just, I just, I just was disappointed. Yeah, I guess Biden is is very similar to, um, in that regard, Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. You know, they're faithful people that have a, yeah, some some kind of personal thing that they don't necessarily want to bring into politics all the time, but that they definitely carry it with them on a personal level. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think on, I, I, and I do think he, they Biden more than the others do carry it on a personal level in the sense of they trust God to comfort people. They trust God to do certain things, um, mm-hmm. you know, not decisive things, not to, not to stop wars or to, you know, feed the hungry, but they, they, they count on, on God to care for people in a way that the more depressed people I talk to, um, the more I don't even like the idea of promising that God will comfort because, mm. I, I, you know, that's that's a big wow, Bart. That's a big yeah. promise, huh? That's a big promise. Um, and so yeah, so I, I, you know, I heard a lot of little little nods, like even um, later in the night when when the uh, Leonard Cohen song "Hallelujah." Oh yeah, and the, the, did you did you catch the the words being changed? Yes. What was what was the big change? I think it was from maybe there maybe to. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking like, maybe there's a God above uh, right. something like, yeah. And uh, I know that there's a God above. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, you know, yeah, that was all, that was all kind of disappointing to me. Um, but I really, you know, I sure did appreciate, um, oh, who was it? The, the, the Foo Fighters. Um, oh Yeah. You know, and I, that's not even my music, but I just, I just appreciated the way he talked and the way, I mean, I didn't feel like it ever, it was everywhere all the time down my throat, but yeah, it's, it's hard for me. And, you know, and the other thing is we're, 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 you know, at one point Biden talked about like, we can get out of this with faith and reason. And I thought, <laughs> make a choice, um, <laughs> you know, because in a sense, when you sort of say like, hey, we have to get back to dealing in facts and we have to get back to dealing with empirical data. Um, right. It seems a be, touch antithetical to be yeah, bringing religion I mean, into that. Yeah. Because, you know, because honestly, like this, the, the central narrative, like it, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying that there's no empirical evidence to suggest that it is. Right. And so I just feel like it's bad form because you're trying to tell people on the one hand, listen, you can't make up your own facts. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that you can't make up your name of your own facts in the name of Jesus who rose from the dead um, because I said so. Right. And it just doesn't, yeah, doesn't work for me. So we could go on, but we are yeah. really just saying, we're, I mean, what we're doing right now, John, is we're just 
we're just expressing out, you know, like we're just expressing our hopefulness. That really is what, what I feel. Yeah. And I just feel hopeful for, for the first yeah. time. N- n- not, you know, it's not as dramatic a change as some people I know, but I, I really, I feel it a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to point out, like, you give a good speech, you read a good poem, you play some good music, you remind <laughs> yourself of some things that are really valuable to you. Right. And by the end of it, you're crying and you're thinking, I want to be a better person. And I go like, that's, that's why we started that caravan thing. And since, you know, like in our little, mm-hmm. you know, 30 people in my living room, mm-hmm. because it's, that's a good thing thing to do for a nation that's a good thing for you and 10 of your friends to do in your living room once a week like that's a good thing for a family to do around the dinner table like hey let's remind ourselves what we what you know what, what we care about and let's use some highfalutin words and let's sing some songs that we know will lift us up and and at and, and you're like but it doesn't change anything and you're like yeah it changes me yeah. And that's, and that's why like, I was like willing, you know, you sent me that, that, that note saying, Hey, why don't we do a podcast in which we just talk about like how we're feeling post yeah, re- reactions to the inauguration. And I like, and, and you said like, it won't be anything new. We won't, we won't add anything to the congregation. I go like, I know. I just want to add my voice to the chorus. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, yes, I too am feeling a little bit better. And, and I too am a little more committed and I, you know, and, and I, and I, 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 I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm part of something, you know, as I was talking to a teenage kid yesterday, who's just so alienated from everything. And he had watched it and he said, you know, I said, do you feel a little bit more like you're part of something bigger than yourself? And he said, I really do. I really mm-hmm. do. Definitely. So and that's it. why the, that's why the, the, who the president is actually matters uh, a lot because it is about what cascades down, you know, it, it's, it's what messages are being sent and 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 what hope is being given or not it isn't the, the other interesting thing is that who he is matters but it's also who he's not in the sense of a lot of people who are singing those songs and saying those words were projecting onto biden their own hopes and he's i don't want to say flat enough but like He's, he's like you say, centrist enough mm-hmm. that you can see in him what you want to see on some level. Like he's not so specific that you have to like love him or hate him. You can, you can see in him something good and different people are probably seeing different good, good things in him. Even that faith stuff that we were talking about that was a little off-putting to us for somebody else. That's the reason they're hopeful about him. Right. Absolutely. He's got a little bit of everything. And I think that for your president, you don't want somebody that's perfect for you. You want somebody that's pretty okay for everybody. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I'm more hopeful. I want to add my voice to the chorus. If there's, if there's somebody out there going like, I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know if people are going to get behind him. They go like, well, John and Bart are going to get behind him. (laughs) They're going to try. (laughs) <laughs> they're going right. to they're going to reach out to more 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 people that are different than them and they're going to you know they they're a little bit inspired right now. And and so, you know, so if you're wondering does pomp and circumstance and ceremony and song and poem and and, and and does does any of that stuff make a difference? Does it change anybody? 
We're here to bear witness. It does. All right. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Bart. You bet. Thank you. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at Humanize Me Pod on Twitter and Humanize Me Podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search Humanize Me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. And finally, please review us on iTunes. It really helps. Catch you next week. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. You could be larger than life.